Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Hey, I'm glad to get into, excited to get into the message for this week, a new sermon series that we're starting called Holy Spirit, the Agent of Truth. And I just want us to pray to kick things off. Father, I just praise you that you are good. We need you. We look to you, Holy Spirit. We welcome you, God. I pray that you bring the word alive to us, that it not be things that I say, God, but it be the things that you say, that people remember, that you will speak into our hearts and reveal truth, open up truth to us today, God, that we will see you from a different perspective. We pray all this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hey, when you came in, you got a worship guide, and inside that worship guide is a little piece of paper, your sermon notes. You can get those out if you'd like to follow along. Got some sermon notes available for you, or you can open up your phone. If you have the YouVersion Bible app on your phone, then I have sermon notes available for you on there as well if you're more of a techie person. So if you'll get those out, and hopefully you brought your Bibles. You've got to have your Bible. This is Bible class. So bring your Bible, if your Bible's your phone or your iPad, whatever it may be, at least you got your Bible. Let's open them up today to John chapter 15. Woo! John 15. We're just happy about the Bible. That's the only reason we shout and holler. Holler? Boy, I'm from southern Illinois. I got to use. Holla. Holy Spirit, the agent of, train, agent of truth. Sorry, agent of truth. So what is truth? Is there such a thing as absolute truth? You know, in our society today, people talk a lot about truth, and they're like, what is truth to you is not necessarily truth to me, and there is no absolute truth. It's just all general. It's all vague, and everybody has their own perspective on life, and that's really the push, the push of culture is that there is no defined absolute truth, and it, you're really insulting to say that there is truth, and it's just truth to you, and you're closed-minded, and all of those things, but how many knows there is absolute, where we all agree on or not, there is an absolute truth as far as this world's concerned, as far as our existence concerned, whether we believe, whether you believe that you came from monkeys or whether you believe you were created by God, there is a truth. There's a truth. And the truth will be known, which it is. If you believe you evolved from from uh, you know, some type of cell and or explosion or whatever, or you believe God created you, there is absolute truth in the world. We just may not all agree on it. And these are the things that we want to talk about. What, is, what does truth look like? And then the Holy Spirit part, who, who is the Holy Spirit? What is he? I, you know, I, I know I've heard about God the Father and I've heard about Jesus, but what about the Holy Spirit? Is he, what's his role? Is he really important? I mean, is that just for certain churches? Or is this one of those Holy Spirit churches? Or I just want to set you at ease and maybe calm any nervousness. The Holy Spirit is not denominational. The Holy Spirit is just Bible. The Holy Spirit is for all believers, all followers of Jesus. So it's not something intimidating, not anything you should be nervous about. Holy Spirit is someone you should love and appreciate Holy Spirit is, is something that wants to bring truth into our lives. And, and when we have truth, so one of the things I'm going to talk about today is this perspective of truth. I don't know if you've ever experienced this or not, where you thought you knew the truth about something, and then something happened to give you some more information, and all of a sudden what you thought was true is no longer true. Let me give you a, pri a prime example. One day, it's not too long ago, we were handing out some uh, gifts and some stuff to the students on the campus of Wabash Valley College. They were taking their finals, so we decided to go up one day and hand out some 
some iced coffee, frappuccino, you know, some Starbucks little bottles and had a little gift bag, had some candy in it, some information just about the church. So we were handing it out to students as they walked by and just kind of greeting them, being friendly and all of that stuff. And so and we had a table there and as students would walk by, we'd say, hey, how's it going? Would you like something to drink? Want something to eat? How are finals going? Just small talk. You know, you were going to hell. We didn't do any of that. You know, we're just talking to them. And so we'd catch you, and we'd talk to different people, and Kevin Gammon, our Mount Carmel campus pastor, and I were, were talking, and one of the baseball players were talking right there, we're doing, and this girl comes walking by, and she, she's not looking at us, and so we go through our same spiel, say, hey, how you doing? You want something to drink? She just keeps walking, her head's down, doesn't even look at us. You okay? How are finals going? You right? Just keeps walking right on past us. And we were like, we, same thing, we're like, Wow. So the three of us looked at each other, and we was like, man, something must be going majorly wrong. She must have just flunked a final or something. Or, or maybe, you know, our minds are going to maybe something tragic happened in her family. Maybe she's going through a tough time. Maybe she's got kicked out of school. I don't know, but, man, something majorly is wrong with this girl. So we're like, praying, God, give us an opportunity to minister to this girl and help her, help us reach out to her, whatever we can do. So we're thinking about that. We just know that something, man, something bad's happened. We're sure of it. God, just show us what it is. Pretty soon, this girl walks out of the library. And she, as she walks out, she looks up at us and smiles and says, Hey, were you guys talking to me earlier? Because I had my earbuds in and I wasn't listening to anything. <laughs> there was not a thing wrong with the girl, but we knew there was. Once we knew the truth, everything that we thought we knew was wrong. Everything that we were certain about was false. And this is why we need God in our life, because we can be so sure that this is right, and God can bring truth into our lives that totally changes us, totally brings a different perspective. And this is why you and I need the Holy Spirit in our life, because He is the bringer of truth. So now let's look at John chapter 15. This is Jesus talking. He's talking to the disciples here, and here's what He says. In verse 26, but when the Holy, sorry, when the Helper comes, when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth, who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. He says in verse 26, but when the Helper comes, everybody say Helper. When he says helper, he's talking about the Holy Spirit. And the word helper there is a Greek word, parakletos, just means one who's called to help. And that's why it's defined or translates the word helper. But I give you some more information there in your notes. To call alongside one who helps by consoling, encouraging, advising, interceding, comforting. The Holy Spirit's also called the comforter. So now here's another thing, though, that I felt was powerful about the Holy Spirit definition of helper. It's a spokesperson or representative of someone else's policy. A spokesperson or representative. So the Holy Spirit, we need to know this about him. He is a spokesperson on someone else's behalf. He's representing someone. And we'll find out as we look at this who it is, but he calls him the helper because he represents something. So he says the helper, he also says the spirit of truth. Very important for us to understand this about. I'm just laying a foundation for the Holy Spirit for you real quick. The spirit of truth. Why does he call him the spirit of truth? Seems like a weird name. The, the word truth there means Conformity to a reality or actuality that is firm, solid, and binding. Here's why he called him the spirit of truth. 
because there is an actuality, there's a factuality that is real and binding. There is something that is set, that is solid, that cannot be denied, and he is the spirit of that truth. So the, the Holy Spirit is not spirit of a truth. He's spirit of the truth. In other words, it's actual. It's factual. It's firm. It's solid. So any information we get from Holy Spirit, he's saying it's the truth. It's the truth. He doesn't lie. It's factual. It's actual. It's not, you know, up for debate amongst culture. No, he's the spirit of actual truth. The Greek word there is talking about something that cannot be debated by anyone. It is truth. It's like, it's like the truth that now the world is round. There was a time when that was debated. Ah, the world's flat. You sail in that direction very far, you'll fall right off the edge, I guarantee you. I swear, it. I, t I, know, I know it will happen. Okay, Jeb, you know, whatever your name was back then. Not insulting anybody named Jeb, sorry. Okay, Chad, let's use my name. Let's use my name. But Chad, you're Chad, you're gonna, you're gonna fall. They thought for sure it was flat until someone told them the truth. And all of a sudden, everybody's like, well, it's round. Of course it is. It seems silly or ridiculous to think the world's flat now, but it sure wasn't several hundred years ago. What happened? The truth came. And once the truth came, everything that's a lie looks silly. Hang on to this. I'm dropping nuggets early so you can grasp hold of it. See, once we believe the truth and we see the truth, everything that used to be a lie and we thought was the truth, it looks like, how in the world did I used to believe that? How in the world did I fall for that? You know, but it just happens because we don't know the truth. So he's the spirit of truth, of truth. And look what he says. He'll do the spirit of truth which proceeds from the Father. He will testify of me. So what does the Holy Spirit do? Here's a role of the Holy Spirit. It says he will testify of Jesus. He will testify of him. That, that word testify just means that he's going to speak about him. He will provide information and evidence about him concerning which the speaker has direct knowledge. So when someone testifies, just like in a courtroom, right, just, just like we do in the natural, if I give a testimony in a courtroom, I'm speaking about something based on my personal knowledge. So when the Holy Spirit speaks, he's going to testify of Jesus. He's going to testify of Jesus based on his own personal knowledge of Jesus. He knows Jesus. He knows Jesus very well. You're like, wait a minute. So I don't understand this. Holy Spirit, is that his name? No, Holy Spirit is not his name. Holy Spirit is his description. Holy Spirit is not his name. You know, sometimes people have trouble relating with the Holy Spirit because they're like, okay, I understand God, you know, I don't understand necessarily, but I understand God, Father, okay, Father, God, Jesus, he walked on the earth, crucified, rose, man, Jesus, I understand you. But Holy Spirit, is he like a mist or something? Is he like just a power of God? No, the Holy Spirit is a person. I didn't say he was human. The Holy Spirit is a person. Just like the Father is a person, the Son is a person, the Holy Spirit is a person. You're like, okay, so the problem maybe is his name. What, so what's his name? I'll tell you what his name is. Ready? The name of the Holy Spirit? His name's God. That's his name. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. He's God. He's not some watered-down version. You know, there's God and Jesus and then this mysterious little, you know, force going around. No, he's a real person. He's God, just like the Father and the Son are. But he's got a different role. When you're thinking about the Trinity, maybe you can think about it this way. 
H2O has a certain molecular structure, hydrogen and oxygen, two, you know, H2 and O. So, but it comes in three different forms. You can have a solid, which is ice. You can have liquid, which is water. Or you can have a gas, which is steam. But all three of those elements have the exact same molecular structure in different forms. So H2O is one in three forms. It can be in three forms. Or let me think, maybe give it to you this way. So I'll give you a scientific background. Now I'll give you a mathematic support for the Trinity. The Trinity is not one plus one plus one equals three. God deals in multiplication. God is one times one times one equals one. So there's three ones, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, but one times one times one equals one. So that's a little a picture of how we look at the Trinity. So when the Holy Spirit comes, he will testify of me. In other words, he's going to speak based on his own experience, his own knowledge. And then notice what it says, says in verse 27. And you also will bear witness. Do you know that word bear witness is the same word for testify? It said you also will bear witness because you've been with me. So we are also supposed to provide information and evidence to other people based on our own knowledge of Jesus. So we're not only supposed to rely on God to provide evidence, but you and I are to provide evidence. That's what, how we're supposed to bear witness. Now let's look down. Jump down to verse, uh, for time's sake, go to verse 7, chapter 16. Remember, when the Bible was written, there weren't chapters and verses. So this is all one letter from John. So I'm going to jump down to verse 7. And Jesus is still talking. He's in the red. He says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. Jesus is talking. I tell you the truth. What does Jesus always tell us? He says, I tell you the truth. I tell you the truth. We need to know whenever Jesus is speaking the truth or speaking to us, he's speaking the truth. Here's what John 8 says. Then Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, if you abide in my word, the Bible, you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Laying a foundation for something very important here. The truth equals freedom. Jesus said right there in your Bible, in John chapter 8, he says, you will be my disciples, you'll abide in my word, you will know the truth, and the truth will do what? Make you free. So you know the truth, and the truth makes you free. The truth doesn't make me free unless I know it. There's truth in this Bible, but the truth that I don't know will not make me free. The only truth that makes me free is the truth that I know. The truth that you know won't make me free. The truth that you know won't set me free. The only way it sets me free is when I know the truth for myself. And when I know the truth, man, it breaks me free. So if we know the truth makes us free, then what does the lie do? If the truth equals freedom, the lie is opposite of the truth. So a truth equals freedom, a lie equals bondage slavery, captivity, whatever word you want to use, because there's only the truth or the lie. There's, there are no white lies. There's no partial truths. You're either telling the truth or you're not telling the truth. There's, there's only one true answer. Well, you know, it's kind of vague. You know, I kind of, kind of possibly may have. I, don't, I didn't really do it. I just didn't tell you everything. If you didn't tell everything, then you didn't tell the truth. And here's why that's important. You maybe think I'm just harping on telling the truth and honesty. I'm talking about the whole truth is always important because the devil comes as an angel of light. 
and he can speak some partial truths. But how many of you got to know that a partial truth is not the whole truth? He said to Jesus, hey, Jesus, if you're the son of God, jump off of this side of the temple here. Just go ahead and jump off because the Bible says. He pulled out scripture. He's quoting the scripture. He's quoting the, quoting the word of God to the word of God. <laughs> so he tells Jesus, hey, just go ahead. Just jump over there because the Bible says if you, if you jump, you know, if you go over there, the angels will come and they'll, they'll prevent you and catch you and keep you from dashing your foot against a stone. Jesus said, homie, what are you doing playing with me? <laughs> trying to tell the word of God to the word of God. See, he's going to come with partial truth, but Jesus knew the whole truth. And this is why we got to know the whole truth. See, I swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. So help me, God, helper, Holy Spirit. So help me. If I want the paracletos to help me in my life, I need the whole truth. So this is what he's saying. So the truth brings freedom. What does the lie bring? We said bondage. Look in John 8, a little further down. Jesus is talking about the devil in verse 44. He says he was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. He is a liar and the father of it. When the enemy is talking, when he's speaking to you, he is a what? He is a liar. He is a liar. Like liar, liar, pants on fire, liar. He's a liar, and he's the father. This part's important in your Bible. He's the father of lies, the father of lies. So that means when I believe a thought that is not authored from heaven, and it comes from the enemy, and I choose to believe that, if truth makes me free, a lie brings me into bondage, right? So if, 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 the, if the enemy speaks something into my mind, a thought, and I choose to believe that, he's the father of that. Now he, I become servant to, or I put myself into submission to his authority because I believed his lie. And when I believe his lie, I put myself into bondage. If I believe what God says, it brings me freedom. If I believe what the enemy says, it brings me bondage. This is why we need to know the truth. The whole truth and nothing but the truth. And the Holy Spirit is the one who speaks truth. He's the spirit of truth. So there's certain things that you need to ask God. Is that from you? Is that what you're saying to me? You're like, well, how do I know, Chad? How do I know if it's the truth? Here's how we know. You measure it against the word of God. Because Jesus said, you will abide in my word and you will know the truth because you abide in my word. And then he says, that truth will make you free. So now if you have a thought about who you are, who you're supposed to be, or about a situation, and you think, well, maybe that's it. You look around other people, they're dealing with that, they're dealing with this. Maybe I'm just stuck. Maybe it's all, maybe I just have to do it. If I will look at his word, I will know, is that the truth or the lie? And then I, in that moment, I know if it's truth or a lie, I determine which one am I going to believe and which one I'm going to believe is going to determine how I'm free. That was a mouthful. But you get what I'm saying? This is why it's so important to know the truth versus a lie. Other people could be living a lie and if we measure our life based on what they say, we could fall into the same trap. I said, well, that's, everybody has that. Everybody struggles with that. Every, every guy deals, struggles with pornography. Every? Every? If we believe that lie, then I will pacify the conviction of the Holy Spirit 
that tells me to get rid of that and I will justify it and I will stay under the power of the lie because I believe that I have no choice and that because I'm a male, everybody struggles with it. That's a lie that will keep us in bondage. But if I will know the truth, then the truth can come in and set me free from the bondage of that lie. But we've got to believe it. We've got to believe it. But we make, and I'm using pornography, you could throw anything out there, anything that we believe. Sometimes humanity or culture says this is the norm. It's acceptable. Everybody deals with it. Well, that doesn't mean that I have to deal with it. Everybody struggles in that area. But it doesn't mean you have to. Jesus may be calling you into freedom. But you've got to abide in his word to know what that freedom is. You can't take a poll on Facebook. Does anybody think I should be free from that? Yeah, the people have spoken. I've got zero likes on that. I guess I'm stuck with it, you know. Everybody say, you know what, I've been stuck. You know, your family had that. Nope, I struggle with that too. Nope, you're probably never going to get rid of that. You're always going to be that. Although you need to delete, 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 delete. Go abide in the Word of God and let God's Word get in your heart and choose to believe the truth over the lie. This is what he's telling us. Look, he says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. In verse 7, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, picture yourself in this position. You're physically walking with Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God. You've seen all these miracles. And then Jesus has the audacity to tell you in this subtle conversation that, hey, guys, I'm getting ready to leave. I'm going to bolt out of here. I'm going back to my father. I'm going to leave you. But it's to your advantage that I go away. I'm thinking if I'm walking with Jesus, can touch him, can listen to him, feel him, see what's going on, I'm going to think there is no better place than being with Jesus. But Jesus said, you know, it's better that I go away. Because what's going to happen? When I go away, I'm going to send the helper. You're going to love the helper. It's going to give you an advantage. Key word. Key word. The Holy Spirit is an advantage. So if having the Holy Spirit is an advantage, without the Holy Spirit is a disadvantage. You're so good. It's an advantage. And too many times people are afraid of the Holy Spirit. They're not taught about Holy Spirit enough, so they leave their advantage on the table. We're not utilizing the advantage of the Holy Spirit in our life the way we should. He is, he's come into our life to be an advantage for us. It's like, you know, whenever you've got an advantage in something, you need to go ahead and use it. If you've got an advantage in sports, if you've got an advantage in work, it's like a, like a cheater bar. You know, you know what a cheater bar is? You're trying to crank something over, and you've got this little bitty handle, and, you know, somebody pulls out this big old pipe, puts it on top of it, and, cheater bar. That's an advantage. The Holy Spirit will give you an advantage to work through things that you can't do on your own. He's an advantage to us. So now, now jump on down. Verse 8, 8 says, And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they did not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. There's a lot of things to say in those verses, but for time's sake, I'm not going to talk about them right now. But this is some, some of the role that the Holy Spirit comes and does in those verses. Verse 13 is where I want to land. It says, however, Jesus speaking again, however, when he, when he, the spirit of truth has come, we'll talk about this more next week. When he, the, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you. Everybody say guide you. He will guide you into all truth. 
He will guide you. The word guide there is an important word. It means to lead someone to know, to guide someone learning, instruct them, explain them, show them the way. Guides us into all truth. Here's the spirit of truth. He will guide us into all truth. When I read guide us into, it's a little bit discouraging for me because I realize the word guide into means a process. It doesn't say, I wish the Bible said this, the spirit of truth will come and he will put you into all truth. Spirit of truth is going to come and he's going to place you into all truth. Man, I wish that was what it said. But then it says he will guide you into all truth. If he says guide you, I don't know if you've ever been on a hike or a jungle safari or something like that. A lot of people in North City go on jungle safaris. <laughs> but you ever, you ever been on some place where you needed a guide? What is the, where's the guide? Is the guide in front or behind you? They're usually in front of you. He or she's in front of you. And the responsibility of the guide is to know where they're going. What is your sole responsibility? Follow. Do you have any responsibility of knowing where you're going? No. All you have to do is follow the guide. Stay on their tail. Wherever they go, you go. At the speed they tell you to go, you go. If they go faster, you go faster. If they stop and say, we're going to stay here for a little bit, you don't say, well, I'm going to trudge ahead on my own. No. You don't know where you're going. You need to follow the guide. One time I went frog gigging. This illustration you can't use everywhere in the country. Went frog gigging with a friend of mine here in the church and, and uh, Dave Scroggins and and so we were, we were didn't go into the, I just had to throw that in just so some of you know who. So we go to some of his, his secret ponds. And so I can't tell you where they are or he'd banish me. So we're going to these places and, and it's pitch black, dark. There's no lights, you know, there's no city lights or street lights. Pitch black. And we're walking through there and I'm, I'm following Dave, I'm right behind him, and, and it gets to one point, you can't see the ground, you can't see the sky, you can't see anything. And I ask him, I said, are you sure this is the right way? And he said, just follow me. This is what the Holy Spirit's saying to us. How many times you in your walk with God have ever said, God, are you sure? Are you sure this is where I'm supposed to be? Are you sure this is what I'm supposed to be, what I'm supposed to be doing? Are you sure that this is the right way? I mean, I'm looking around at other people, and this doesn't look the right way to them. I, I've asked around, and other people say, yeah, I probably shouldn't be on this path. But are you sure? He says, just follow me. we got to fo follow the guide. He's the guide into all truth. But here's the thing. If he will guide us into all truth, that means he'll also guide us out of if you guide into, that means he'll guide you out of. So sometimes we're in the midst of something that is factual. I want to make sure and answer at this point. Something can be factual and not be the truth. You can be in something, a situation right now and it absolutely be the facts. This is where I am. This is how I'm living. This is how I'm, how I'm existing. This is what I'm doing. It can be a fact, but that isn't the truth about what God has for your life. 
This is the mindset I'm in. This is how I look at myself. I hate myself. I don't like my life. I don't like anything about me. That can be the facts, but that is not the truth about what God has for you. So you have to follow the guide because he can guide me out of my junk and into the truth if I will stick with him. But most of the times we don't want to follow. We want to we be zapped into the truth. I, I know that's what I want my process to be. Pray. Bam, there, I'm there. Isn't that awesome? Sometimes he has to guide us out of lies. Well, I'm telling you, this is, this is the way it is, how I believe. Sometimes we, and I'm, I'm going to speak to myself, I, my biggest problem sometimes is I start believing lies. I get thoughts, and I start believing those thoughts, and if I'm not careful, those thoughts will become my reality. And he has to guide me out of those lies and into the truth. And so the only way I'm going to know that is if I open his word and get that. Look what the Passion Translation says. It says, but when the truth-giving spirit comes, he will unveil the reality of every truth within you. When the truth-giving spirit comes, here's what he does. He's going to unveil the reality of every truth in you. He's going to reveal it in you. Now, there's two layers to this. He's going to reveal in me the truths of the things around me. That's one thing. He's going to reveal it in me. Okay, this is a truth about people. This is a truth about things outside of you. But he's also, this is the biggest part, I think most important part. He's also going to reveal the reality of every truth on the inside of me that I don't even know about myself. Here's the value of the Holy Spirit. Because there's things about us that we don't even know. Because if you're a follower of Jesus, you've been in Christianity, or been, just been in church long enough, we have this secret code. We have this language that's unique to followers of Jesus. It's called Christianese. And the problem, the reason we stay in bondage in some areas is because we've learned the lingo, we've learned what to say, but we haven't learned what to believe. <laughs> So like somebody will say, well, you need to forgive. Oh, I've forgiven. Absolutely. I've forgiven. Released them in the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And in your heart, the truth is you absolutely have not forgiven them. But you've learned what to say. If someone asks you, oh, yes, absolutely. I hold no bitterness whatsoever. I don't receive any of that in Jesus' name. But you think about them over and over. You drive around away from them. You go in another aisle in Walmart if you see them. But you've forgiven them. We learn what to say, but the Holy Spirit wants to reveal truth in our heart. Why do we need the truth of the Holy Spirit? Because if we don't ever deal with the real truth, then we'll live a lie. We'll keep living in bondage and wonder why I'm struggling. Why? Because you won't let the Holy Spirit tell you the truth. Why? Because you can't handle the truth. Sorry. Jack Nicholson. Right? It's like the truth is going to set us free, but sometimes we don't want to hear it. I've heard people get bitter about saying they're not in bitterness. Hey, you just need to release all bitterness and welfare. I'm not bitter at all. I'm not bitter at all. I want to, here, speaking for all of us, we need to know the truth. Look what it's going to do for us. Let me jump down to verse 14, 15. Let me finish here. He will glorify me for he will take, this is what the Holy Spirit's going to do. He's the agent of truth. Verse 14, he will, oh, let me finish that. Sorry, verse 13, I didn't finish. He will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. 
Verse 14, he will glorify me for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. He will take of what, of my, what is mine and declare it to you. You need to get this. If you got your sermon notes, look at this word. He will take of what is mine. Jesus is talking. He will declare it to you. Verse 15, all things that the Father has. Hear this. Don't read over this. Hear this. All things. How many things? All things. Thank you for the response. All things that the Father has are mine, Jesus said. I want to take a second here because I want to walk you through this. All things that the Father has, Jesus says, are mine. Then the Holy Spirit takes of what is mine and declares it to you. All things that the Father has, what does he have for you? Thoughts, plans, dreams? What what does he have? Everything. Does he have power? What, What does that Father have? Everything that the Father has, it's given to Jesus. And Jesus said, everything that I have, the Holy Spirit takes it. Look at this word take. He takes it. Not like he steals it. The word take is the Greek word lambano, and here's what it means. It means to take possession of, to seize, to grab, or take hold of. But here's the part that I like. To receive or accept an object or benefit for which the initiative rests with the giver, but the focus of attention in the transfer is upon the receiver. Everything that the Father has and Jesus has, the Holy Spirit takes it. The initiative is on the giver. So he takes it and declares it to you. Declares it to you. So he tells us, So the Holy Spirit takes everything that the Father has for you, everything that Jesus has for you, and then he tells you about it. He declares it to you. Now, just because he tells me about it doesn't mean it changed me. He declares it to you. That's great. I need to hear it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. So everything that God has for you, He's going to have the Holy Spirit declare it to you. That's good news. I need to know that. It's good to know I need to have the Holy Spirit in my life because He's going to declare to me everything that Jesus has for me. But look at the next, next part of it. He says He'll declare it to you. Now let me give you John 1.12. But as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in His name. Remember, take means to seize, grab hold of. Everything that the Father has that Jesus has, the Holy Spirit takes it and declares it to you. John 1.12. But as many, who's included in as many? It's not a trick question. Who's included in as many? We're still not sure. Everybody's included. I know you thought maybe I'm trying to throw a trick question on. As many as received him. Now, most of the time we read this verse, we read it about getting salvation. As many as receive Jesus, you become born again. But it says as many as receive, the word received is the same word as the Holy Spirit taking. See something, I'm going to drop something in your lap right here. Everything that the Father has and Jesus has, the Holy Spirit takes it, declares it to me. As many as take it. As many as grab hold of it, as many as receive it through faith to themselves, to them, he gave the right. That word right means power, authority, really. It means privilege. 
to become children of God. Make this connection. I'm trying to get it all out. So there's a certain group of people who get to become what God wants them to become. It's only a select group of people. It's as many as receive it. God's not holding it back from anybody. He's saying, but as many as receive the truth, you grab hold of it. Remember, the initiation is on the giver's part. We can't initiate it. God initiates it. God initiates it. It's not me initiating. It's not me forcing God's hand. The initiation is on the giver's part. But the, the focus of the transfer is on the responsibility of the receiver. Are you getting what I'm trying to lay down? See, if we, the focus of receiving uh, on the transfer is on the receiver. That Lombano is about that God initiates it. And as many as receive the truth, to them he give the right to become. To become is a process. So now I can become based on the level of truth I receive. The level of truth that I receive from God determines how much I become like God. The level of truth that I allow to come into my heart and override lies is a direct proportion to how much I will become like the person he wants me to become. But if I will not walk away from lies, then I can't become like what he wants me to become because I'm under bondage of the lie. But he wants to set us free from the lie with the truth. But we have to grab the truth. We have to lambano the truth. We have to say, that is mine. This is how I feel. This is a reality of how I feel. But if I will listen to the Holy Spirit, he will guide me out of the lie and guide me towards the truth. He will guide me into his word. He will guide me into the man I'm supposed to become. He will guide me out of my family history. He will guide me out of my bad thoughts and bad habits. He will guide me out of addiction. He will guide me into freedom. He will guide me into freedom. But i got to listen to his voice. And i got to say, you know what, just because this is where I am right now, this is factual, this is how I feel, this is where, where I am, just because it is factual, it's not my truth. And so as many as receive, to them, they have the authority to become. Here's what we got to do, and this is what I'm going to pray for. You and I, we have the authority to become what God wants us to become. Not on our own because God gave it to us. That word authority, me and Lucas were playing the other day and he pulled out, he loves badges, like police badges. And he pulled out his badge and he said, Dad, you wear this one, I'm going to wear one. And, and, he was, and when, I, when I put that badge on, I was just, you know, we're just playing, it's just a little badge. And immediately God spoke to me and said, you're putting on authority. That badge represents authority. Represents authority. Then he, he took me to a movie and... I don't want to go into all that, but he's he just showing me how this person did something and it was wrong, but then when they had the badge, now they did the same act later and it was okay because they had the authority. God says, I give you authority to become who I called you to be. I give you authority to become. I give you authority to come out of lies. I give you authority to break family traditions. I give you authority to break addictions. I give you authority to come out of the bondage of thoughts that's limited you. I've given you authority he says, now walk in that authority and embrace the truth and say, I'm coming out, baby. I'm coming out of those lies and I'm walking in the truth. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. 
You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.